Today's program was brought to you by 100 Bogart Street, the brand new co-working space in Bushwick, Brooklyn. Learn more at 100bogart.com. My name is Hannah Forden. I'm the membership coordinator at Heritage Radio Network, but even before I joined the team, I loved listening to HRN during my subway commute. It made the time go quickly and left me feeling inspired for the day ahead. HRN listeners tune in from all over the world, but there are a few traits that we all have in common, no matter where we listen from. A curious palate, the fierceness to make a difference, and a hunger for lifelong learning about the culinary world. As you know, Heritage Radio Network is a listener-supported nonprofit. To deliver the most ambitious, entertaining, and of-the-moment stories in 2018, we need your help. We need to raise $150,000 by December 31st to accomplish these goals and to keep your favorite shows on the air. Together, we can make this HRN's most exciting, impactful, and delicious year yet. No matter how much you choose to give, you'll feel awesome next time you tune in, knowing that we wouldn't be here without you. Become a member by donating today. Join us at heritageradionetwork.org slash donate, and you'll immediately start enjoying benefits such as VIP invitations to HRN events, where you will mix and mingle with your favorite hosts. Plus, we have great member swag. Show off your HRN pride with a t-shirt or keep your hands safe in the kitchen with an HRN potholder. Memberships also make a perfect holiday gift for all the foodies in your life. This year, why not give the gift of food radio? You'll hear your generosity in action for the year to come. Help keep our lights on and our mics hot by pledging your support today at heritageradionetwork.org donate. Thanks for listening. Good evening and welcome to Fun Men About, about it. it on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. <laughs> I'm Mary Ized. I'm Chris Kuzmi. And I should swallow my beer before yeah. we go on air next time. <laughs> Sorry about that. This is episode 224 uh, of our some odd season, but I think it's almost uh, five years to the date. Uh, that, it just that was five years because I got the Facebook reminder pretty awesome. on this day. Uh, reminder. It's been an awesome five years. Thank you to <laughs> all of you listeners for listening, um, either in real time or even just some of the archives. But uh, what a long road and fun road this has been. Speaking of fun roads, we need to do some fundraising. <laughs> yes. Welcome to Heritage Radio Network's Fall Fundraising Drive. So most of you know this is a not-for-profit internet radio station. So you know we're doing this for love, and we could not do it without all of your support. So there's two ways, two ways coming up that you can support us. The first is if you are in the New York City area, one week from today on December 4th, they're having their holiday party and tasting at the Brooklyn Botanic Garden. It's called Winter in the Garden. We, Chris and I, will be pouring some delicious Fifth Hammer beer. Um, but there's also going to be some kick-ass chef signature cocktails and then beer, wine, and cider. It's going to be super fun. I'm really, really excited about it. And you can get tickets 
by going to heritageradionetwork.org slash holiday. We would love to see you there. We'd love to pour you a beer there, actually. Then if you're not in the New York City area, you can still become a member by donating today. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate, and there's all kinds of great member swag. You'll get invites. You'll get shout-outs. And most of all, you are helping support an amazing, absolutely amazing radio station that is chock full of passionate people talking about some <laughs> super cool stuff. Like delicious, we, delicious yes. things and how to do it and it literally making lives taste better around the world. And it's, uh, I, I'm so proud of this radio station and all this, all the shows on it and happy to be part of this family. It's amazing. Absolutely. Speaking of uh, people I'm proud of and happy and happy <laughs> family, uh, we are being visited here in New York by our good friend John Palmer. He's been on the, the show before talk, when he came out with his water book, but he is the author of How to Brew. Howtobrew.com uh, is, you know, he shares all the knowledge there. We are who we are, and we're making beers because of this guy, uh, along with Charlie Papazian and a lot of other other people that, that uh, kind of are sharing their knowledge, like the people on these on this radio station. Um, he's come to New York City uh, on. Listen, we wouldn't have this show if it wasn't for Charlie Papazian and John we, Palmer. And we say that in the first episode <laughs> five years ago. We had very similar similar <laughs> notes. Um, he's coming to town. We're really excited to have him. Uh, we, he is going to not just do uh, <laughs> do New York City. He'll be out in Long Island. Um, he's going to bless us in the tap room of, of yeah in Westchester uh, in the tap room of Fifth Hammer on Friday the eighth at seven o'clock. Uh, but he's also going to Bitter and Esther's Bottle Swap uh, on the sixth. Um, and you can find his full itinerary if you go to bitterandesters.com. Um, without further ado, I'm going to go. We're going to go straight into some pre-records that we've done. One of them is a little bit delayed the second half, but uh, we had the honor of sitting down with uh, Sam Calagione, uh Jason and Todd Alstrom of the Alstrom Brothers of Beer Advocate. Sam Calagione is a founder of Dogfish. Um, they were in town doing a really great event, and here it is. Welcome to Foment About It. We are here uh, at, in uh, the second floor of Alewife, Queens, uh, speaking with uh, three people who don't really need an introduction, but we'll give you one anyway. Uh, Jason and Todd Alstrom of Beer Advocate and, and uh, Sam Calagnon of, of Dogfish Head. You've been on the show before, and uh, thanks for coming back. You guys are currently amidst the tour promoting your new book and collaborations. Tell us about that, the name, and how to find more about it. What's going on? Welcome to New York. Hey, thank you. <laughs> thanks for, thanks thanks for having us. It's been, it's been too long. Our tour is probably different than like a Rolling Stones tour, I'd probably say. Less bus? Because we're younger. Smaller bus. Smaller bus. Smaller bus. And I didn't divorce my uh, 31-year-old wife for a 22-year-old. Yes. No, yeah, yes. the night's still young, but I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening. Uh, so Project we've had a blast. Extreme Bre- Project Extreme Brewing. Is it? Yep, yep, Project Extreme Brewing. We were down in Austin, Texas together a few days ago. We'll be on the West Coast where, where Todd now lives, yep. leading up to EBF LA, which we're super psyched about. It was pretty intentional, the timing of the book coming out. With We did a Project Extreme Brewing video series, with an episode with the Allstrom Shorts Brewery, uh, Carton, lots of awesome breweries. And we're going to show a few of them here tonight, the Alewife, but maybe talk about the, the moment of the West Coast EBF that's upon us. EBF being Extreme Beer Fest. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Chris. I you forgot. December, December 9th, Saturday. December 9th? Yep. We'll be doing the California Market Center. It's in the fashion district of uh, downtown LA. And it's going to be, it's smaller than Boston, but it's still going to be pretty big. There's going to be over 60 breweries, over 200 beers. 
Um, and I look, we're, we're only doing one day, two sessions, with over 1,500 attendees per session. But it's the, the first Extreme Beer Fest on the road, and it'll yeah. be the last. Yeah, because we've been doing Extreme since 2004 annually in Boston, so it's the first time we kind of took it outside of Boston. Very, very excited for it. Response out there has been great, too. So, yeah. yeah. Are there still, if people want to get tickets, where do they go? There's yeah. tickets. So no, go you just to go to Beer Advocate? You can actually just go to, like, ExtremeBeerFest.com. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And what was the inspiration for L.A.? Did you live out there? Or? Well, it was kind of a combination of things, but we were looking for another market for it, and we were kind of also playing around. I was living in Denver at the time with my wife and kid, and we were thinking about going somewhere else. We just needed, we just wanted to do something different. We realized we couldn't, we went to Denver not to work, we went there to live, and we realized we wanted to do something where we lived too, and Denver was saturated. They had like over 200 something festivals happening per year. Um, so LA kind of became an option, and we looked at it, and the more we looked at it, the more we liked the, the sort of growing scene, because although they're huge, LA's huge, they only had like 60, at the time it was like 60 plus breweries, now it's over 70. So the scene is really cool. And it's very young, very passionate. Um, they kind of don't, they play by their own rules. They're not tied to like decades of like grouchy East Coast breweries. <laughs> <laughs> complain about everything and get off my lawn sort of shit. It's, it's all, uh, it's all, yeah, it's mostly younger brewers who are just super passionate. They're brewing a lot of really good beer. Um, it's one of those cities where I've, I've had a hard time finding beers I didn't like. I've come across That's a awesome. few. But elsewhere, you come across a lot. It's just, it was refreshing. And the, now are you focusing, are you having national, obviously national breweries or breweries do, from around have, the country? Yeah, we have breweries from around the country. We do have a large uh, amount from L.A., though. Cool. Just to What's your process show respect. curating uh, breweries for EBF L.A. compared to the traditional EBF in Boston? It's kind of the same, except for the twist that we're working with. So to host a festival in California, you have to work with a nonprofit. So we also thought, what better nonprofit to work with than the local Brewers Guild, which happens to be one of the best Brewers Guild that I've ever seen in the country. Uh, so we reached out to them, and they said yes. Is it the LA or the LA LA, LA County Brewers Guild? Right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. This uh, this uh, kind of playing by your own rules speaks a lot to to the nature of, of your collaboration together as Project Extreme Stream Brewing. Yep. Uh, in your advertising for it, you're talking about use, going beyond using the four ingredients of beer mm -hmm. and uh, and celebrating that. What is Project Extreme Brewing and uh, and, and the book? I'll start. You guys jump in, but okay. we uh, you know for Dogfish it was kind of. A, before it was a term, it was kind of our raison d'etre was, we opened Dogfish, you know, I was born here in New York City and uh, first started home brewing here in New York City when I came here after college and wrote my business plan in New York City and uh, the whole premise, the front page of the business plan was we'll be the first, our goal is to be the first brewery in America committed to brewing the majority of our beers outside the Rhine Heights mm -hmm. Never mentioned anything about ABV. I just said outside <laughs> the Rhine Heights using culinary ingredients and creative you know, techniques. Uh, and away we went, and it's true today still. The majority of beers coming from Dogfish are brewed outside the Rhine Heights And it's so cool, like I'm drinking one of your your guys' beautiful beers made with a really Polish uh, like tea, a kettle you. sour. And it's so cool that there's literally of the 6,000 breweries, I'm sure, over half are brewing outside the Rhine High School. Yeah. When we started Dogfish in 95, there were very few. And it wasn't cool, it was considered 
disrespectful, weird. weird. Yep. And when we went on that journey, we just it was kismet that Mariah one day told me, "Hey, there's this website about beer in 90 minutes, the number one rated beer on their website." I'm like, "Website about beer." <laughs> <laughs> And you mean that like, thing Al Gore invented? Either, yeah, right. <laughs> I remember we said it. Well, you was like, yeah. I don't like two thousand maybe. Yeah. So back then, there was still most of the world was not online. Yeah. Yeah. Beer world, there was no such thing as online beer world that I knew. Of. So I did an interview with them yeah, when ninety minutes was the best. So you went to, went to the library the, um, to go online. Library? Do you have a computer? You went to the library to <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> went to the library. Yeah, exactly. library. So I'm <laughs> microfishing uh, the Alstrom brothers. Uh, and uh, at any rate, it started an awesome friendship. And as soon as we were in the room, we were, we've been at, we, we, we participated in every Extreme Beer Fest. Because uh, my folks moved from New York to Western Massachusetts. These guys grew up down the road from me in Munson, Mass. I was in Greenfield, Mass. And uh, so it started a great friendship that led to, they, I was like, this is, feels like I'm home at the CBF. Can I be the sponsor of Brewery? And they're like, yes, it okay. feels right for you guys. We asked you. But it's all right. <laughs> you know, Never let the truth get yeah. in the way of a good story, Doc. <laughs> yeah, tell, then tell me how you remember it. No, we were like, remember. we had one single sponsor back then for all events, and we realized that we could do better. Um, we appreciated their support, but we could do a little bit better and kind of find a brewer that kind of fit each of the festival styles. And we're, as soon as we thought about Extreme Beer Fest, we immediately thought about you. Yeah. I like my side. Thank my you. story was better. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. That's not how I heard it. I heard so it. We, uh, a... No, we reached out and Sam was like immediately yes. And it just, uh, it just kind of, blo- it's been blossomed since, you know, we start, and the first one too, we were like, can we brew a beer? We were like, we're like, we have to ask him. Delaware. We have to brew collaboration beer. And we did it. Just We've done to, that every year, too. Yeah. We like break out a map. We're like, where's Delaware again? Yeah. And it was great. We had some, it's easy to miss. And we brewed some really... Was that Wayne's World or Bill and Ted's? <laughs> the Delaware. I'm in Delaware. There was a movie that had... It had to have been yeah. Bill and Ted's. Yeah. Bill and Ted's. Well, we brewed a lot of really good beers. Through I the mean, years. And now awesome. a bunch of them are in the Project Street. Yeah, the book. yeah, it's kind of cool to share share some of those recipes with everyone and that was kind of like the uh, when Sam approached us about the book he had already written books before and one similar but this one was a little bit different because we as the sort of the idea unfolded we're like we have all these great breweries around us you know how about we invite them to kind of join us on this journey and we can help curate that sort of list of breweries and share their recipes and their their sort of story like you know they're sort of thinking behind it why do they do extreme beers and that's essentially the book you know we're the curators and we're just sharing their stories and it's yeah i mean we, really we cool. just didn't you know go out there and say all right who's one extreme beer let's sort of pick these guys out you know I mean, we have relationships with uh, all these breweries and you know they've been to our fests you know we've met them at you know cbc or great american beer fest for beers and etc yep Relationships. Yeah, 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 more of an inside scoop. Yeah, yeah, and it's not just about them. There are recipes and things for the home. Yeah, super well. approachable. Yeah. Like uh, basically, all the recipes are uh, you know partial grain, so you don't need to have a converted mash tun to make them. You can steep specialty grains. But they've also all been tested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. We tested all the recipes and uh, just an amazing list of of cult breweries 
You weren't open in time, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Tell <laughs> us about the beer <laughs> that you just cold. cracked open. Now, I though. just cracked open. This is kind of an expression of New York State. So he uses New York State uh, Vienna malt uh, and then a bunch of New York State hops as well as New York State honey. So it's, kind so of, it's, it's, a, it's a honey brown ale. Uh, and cool. uh, I did the honey about five days into fermentation. Only 4-2. Four four Only 4-2. Four two. Two. That's yeah, great. Thank you. I want it sessionable. Thank and this really nice. This is your first farm, New York State farm beer? my first. So I have, a, I have a farm brewery license for New York State, but I also, in New York State, you're allowed to have both a farm brewery license and a regular production license. Oh, right. As long as you make sure you meet the minimum 50 barrels per year mm-hmm. on the farm 15, brewery license. 5-0. So five zero yielded with a hundred percent New York. Right now, it's only twenty percent New York. Yeah. Uh, Nick, uh, 2019, it turns to sixty, I think. 60. And then is uh, that going to be a challenge with so many breweries open in New York sourcing uh, ingredients <laughs> to keep your license or what? If they, it might actually promote it, right? It, it already good. has. It, so oh, great. yeah, I don't have the numbers with me, but um, that our number of of hop acreage Growers. as well as barley acreage specific and maltsters has yeah. i mean exponentially grown proportionate since the farm, to yeah. the brewing yeah. volume yeah. in state I, mean, I, st- I think it's, it's cool. still it's definitely in development yeah. we're not new york state is not a yakima valley yet yeah. but uh but it's yeah we've cool. seen a huge amount of growth and a lot of breweries around around the state are throughout the state are making a lot of really good beers with locally made with new york state growing and products. importantly from a production standpoint thankfully because of the supply and also the advancement of of the maltsters actually malting mm-hmm. uh they're becoming more modified and, and the yeah. extraction is getting better at the same time as the price is kind of going down to make it worthwhile sure. for us as, as producers yeah. um, so the quality is, is raising at the same time and at the same time as they're they're going to be increasing this, this requirement for us yeah. uh, but anyway this is my first of, of those and i plan to it's at nice. least on a quarterly basis do it's got nice grain astringency and op astringency. It's nice. Yeah, but also very, you know, super drinkable. You can just kick back and crush this whole crawler. Yeah. That's, that's what, we're, what we're into. Yeah. Um, no, so it's interesting that each state has a different law, or maybe no laws for that, but as far as the local stuff. And, yeah. You know, you look to uh, other states and, you know, the brewers, they're, they're showing the state, you know, we bought X amount of blueberries, mm-hmm. pounds of blueberries per year. Yeah. You know, cherries, whatever, so it's not just malt and hops. Yeah, you can get creative and hit different farms, not just barley farms. I like New York's done a great job of evolving their laws. No brewer guild is ever happy with exactly where the laws are, but there's a cool law here where if you're less than 3% of a distributor's business, you can leave the distributor. Whereas many states that have franchise law, it's you can't leave no matter if you sell one case. And then you have like Massachusetts, which you can't leave, but you can do dual, so you can kind of add add two distributors. Another one, kind of like you can separate territory. I challenge you to a dual. I believe they're still trying to tweak those and have them passed. Or yeah, yeah. I mean, every star we had, we had separate, or we had two different distributors. And we can self-distribute in New York State too. Yeah. And do you guys do that? Yeah. yeah. Right now, we're not signed with anybody. We're just yeah. self-distributing. But mostly, mostly, thankfully, we've been through our tap room. Uh, but anyway, we have an event tonight. How, yeah. how are your events going uh, throughout the country when you're doing this tour? They kind of put the same format. you got to adjust it. You've only done one so far. And what's happening? Oh, awesome. Austin, and it was Austin Texas. It was, right? was, it was uh, mostly outdoors. It was 200 plus. People. And we showed the videos on the, the side of the, the building, right? Yeah. Awesome. It was cool. Waited until dark and showed it on the side of the building. Yeah, it was cool. Did a bunch of... Yeah, so signed out. We sold out of books. Signed out of books. Sold yeah, so out of books. Yeah. Tell us what's going to happen tonight and what happened in Austin. We don't even know. <laughs> 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 Your life always no. keeps you on your we feet. We did a town hall sort of style thing where I don't. 
Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. So, I mean, tonight we're going to show a few of the episodes. The episodes are only, I think, six to eight minutes long. And mostly, we, we love the Q&A. We some of the brewers from the book coming, too. Where, we do. You've heard yeah, that? We do. We do. Awesome. Where do people find the, the episodes? Or where will they be shown? You go to two places, depending on which one you like better. You're not judging. <laughs> <laughs> so you go to dogfish.com or beeradvocate.com slash P-E-B, Project Extreme P-E-B, oh, okay, yeah. awesome. So Perfect. you can go to beeradvocate.com slash P-E-B. P-E-B. You could watch one, or, you know, yeah. watch a couple or, on one yeah. side, watch a couple yeah, on sure, the other yeah. side. We don't, I don't care where people go to to, to get there, but um, they're a lot of fun. We did yeah. that. The episode with Austin was super cool because if no one's ever been to an Extreme Beer Fest, it's kind of the POV. It's a little, it's a little bit awesome. more wordy. Yeah, a little bit more of a discussion yeah. about what all. That was probably is. my first craft beer fest like I ever went Was it? Yeah. Was it what year did fest? you go? I think like either 2004, 2005. Wow. Yeah. So. When was it still in the round room? Yeah, 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 like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, and we went Friday night because you used to have, I don't know if you We did like a special. The barrel. It used to be Night of the Barrels. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking to us, and I would be remiss to close this out without thanking you personally for, for basically inspiring my current life, and which ultimately led to me marrying and meeting Mary. Uh, I mean, I, I joined Beer Advocate in early 2001, before, like, right when I had just started homebrewing, and I would sneak off and I'd be on Beer Advocate while working compliance at Merrill Lynch, I mean, at a, some finance company that I was working here. And, and then shortly after that, or at the same time as I did that, I went to Blind Tiger the first time, and you were still driving beer up from, from Delaware, personally, and delivering, and we were talking about Freestyle Mondays and your former life in, in a hip hop yeah. group, which uh, one day you'll revive, I'm sure, for all of us. I don't know. <laughs> well, Chris and Mary, we're excited. The band is back. <laughs> the band is back. We're back under one roof. <laughs> we have made new the bus songs is shorter, yet. but. So we're back in 2001. <laughs> that's like one of the original, you know, it's considered one of the original users. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys but, consider the cutoff of the OG community? Is there anything like I'd that? I'd say anything before we got mentioned on CNN, which is yeah, 2002. Because that was an inflection yeah, point? Yeah. yeah. The, 2001, 2002, that's pretty. Anything two, under 2003 is pretty old school. Yeah. Everybody was still sort of on dialogue, except yeah. for major cities. I don't know when broadband ever came in. I forget what year that was. Yeah. Fascinating. So crazy. Yeah. We Hard to believe this. where we are now. Yeah. We lived through it. Well, congrats, Mary and Chris. The beers are Thank tasting you. excellent. Yeah. Stuff. Thanks for Thank sharing. You. Thanks for having Glad us. Glad to be here with you. Yeah, God bless yeah. the Alewife. Thank you, Patrick, too, for yeah. and, 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 Kyle and Kyle and the whole gang for all this. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. God bless America. Cool event. And good on you guys because this is an awesome event for people to actually meet and talk to you guys, get to ask questions. That's always, I think, one of the special things about craft beer. It's still how altruistic today, and so. mutually Absolutely. supportive, and how Absolutely. we're all learning from each other. It has nothing to do with scale, as do with passion, and we, we share that. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Foment about it. Yeah. Hey. Foment about it. Cheers. 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 Cheers, guys. One Hundred Bogart Street is finally open and ready for Bushwick. 100 Bogart is a brand new, state-of-the-art co-working space that provides turnkey workspaces, including open layout desks, meeting spaces, and furnished private offices. Members have access to top-notch amenities such as custom furniture, high-speed internet, spacious kitchenettes with coffee and tea, printers, scanners, and much more. Alongside their professional work environment, 100 Bogart also provides exclusive educational programming for any curious entrepreneur. Heritage Radio Network has made their new office home at 100 Bogart and will host many events there in the future. 
For more information about their co-working space, visit 100bogart.com and become a member to network, create, and educate. Welcome back to Fomet About It on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. This is episode 224. We are here sitting in the studio by our lonesome button playing pre-records. This next recording is from August of this year. Uh, it was another, yet again, another fantastic time up at Oma Gang um, for Belgium Comes to Cooperstown. It is such an amazing event, and we had a great time, or I had a great time, uh, <laughs> sitting down with our old friend Justin Forsyth. Ladies and gentlemen, Justin Forsyth. All right, I'm here at Belgium Comes to Cooperstown 2017 uh, with our old friend from episode number 40. Uh, when, when Mary and I were we young hosts of this show, we're really excited to be uh, in the 200s now. This is kind of insane. Um, but I'm here with Justin Forsyth. How you doing, Justin? I am doing terrific right now. <laughs> it's a fantastic Saturday morning. I just come from the lake. You came. You are bright and refreshed. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of sleep. A lot of sleep. Lots. So I'm good. I'm ready for the day. Things are going pretty well for you. Just bought a house around the corner, right? Yes, sir. That's exciting. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's nice being close to work, man. Uh, short little commute. Good place to live. You, uh, in, uh, when we last spoke to you, you were only here for two years. Uh, your position has changed a little bit. Uh, what is your current title here? Uh, currently, I'm innovation manager. So I'm the lucky guy that gets to develop recipes and brew on a small system, not a giant production system. And uh, It's been a lot of fun, man. I, I enjoy the challenges. It's, it's a great job. What are some of the in- inspired things that you're doing here? And, and what how was... How how is your innovation directed or or uh, or, right. <laughs> or, or, or birthed? <laughs> I mean, there's a good balance between ideas that our whole innovation group, uh, which includes Phil Leinhardt, our brewmaster, uh, Doug Campbell, the CEO, um, our head brewer, Joe Palacino, a bunch of really good people. Sometimes we come up with an idea and then I have to develop that, like the stouts that before we started recording, we were uh, blind tasting. Um, that's always a challenge to try to hit like a mark that everybody wants. Um, sometimes I have a week where I could brew whatever I want. So something like Fruition, uh, which is now like a year-round beer, just kind of was developed on a whim. I was just having fun that day. So, um, Tell us a little bit about that beer. What, what is the beer? I mean, it's basically Witta, uh, and then we incorporated some fruit juices, uh, passion fruit, mango, kiwi, uh, so that gets fermented out, leaves a really cool tartness, like I think it's a lot of the citric acid, uh, and then again, I was just like, who cares, I'm going to do this, so we dry hopped it, and uh, (laughs) that's just Cascade and citrus, so it's just, I mean, it was a fun beer, and I guess luckily a lot of people like it, so we're brewing it year-round. It's cool. Speaking of fun, one of my favorite things to do here is to hit that innovation tent uh, where you share some of this fun. How many uh, different beers do you have today in the innovation tent? Right now, today we'll, we'll pour eight different beers. Uh, we have four taps, so the first half will be half of them. <laughs> the second half will be the other half. Um, some fun stuff, a lot of hops. I, I got some samples of hops, uh, some of the hop powder I use, like in this triple IPA that we're drinking. Um, some unnamed stuff from Steiner, you know, just the number stuff. Um, it's interesting to try. We have a Belgian Pilsner today, which is 
kind of cool. Uh, actually, it's really cool. I like it's it a really lot, cool. especially it's when it's hot out. It's uh, uh, very drinkable. Some other fun stuff. What I, does Belgian great. Pilsner mean to you? <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I hate to say, I mean, like this beer, this was my first lager anyway, but it turned out nice and crisp and dry, and yeah. it's Saz hops, uh, noble hops. Um, I think what I was aiming for, just something that's really crisp and clean and dry. Yeah. Um, I, I, sometimes I wonder that too, like if people expect a Belgian Pilsner to have spices or, you know, orange peel, coriander, that kind of stuff, but. I think a pilsner just needs to be brewed correctly with very simple ingredients. I don't, I don't want to put that into a right. Belgian pilsner just to call it a Belgian pilsner. Right. Uh, this, how many yeasts are being used at Bowman Game currently? That's um, I hope it's out a lot lately because we have a few brinks. We're actually getting two more yeast brinks um, Monday coming in, so we're able to handle a lot more different strains. Um, Game of Thrones beer that we brewed, uh, which isn't out yet, it'll be the next one out. That's um, a different uh, Hefeweizen kind of yeast. Okay. Um, we're using some other Belgian strains, so it's not, it's hard. I mean, our yeast is very discernible, you know it, right. it's, it's phenolic. It's a lot of times you taste the beer and you're like, that's an Omegang beer, yeah, uh, primarily just because of the yeast. So it's been fun to use different yeast. We're using American ale yeast, we've used. Some London yeast. I'm bringing this up because <laughs> I, in our last interview, and I think four years ago, you, we were primarily using one yeast here at uh, yeah. Bang, and and leveraging that uh, through different techniques in order to, to get the, the flavors that you wanted. And, uh, and since then, you guys have expanded or doing uh, or branching out to other yeasts. Right, yeah. Like before, all we could do was try to manipulate the yeast uh, through temperature or oxygen or something else. Um, being able to use all these other yeasts is fun, man. I mean, it's an ingredient all its own. So. And that provides you as innovation manager now a little bit more freedoms because there's there's you're not beholden to to set yeast. Right, right, so right. right. It's hard. Like stuff. we were talking about the stout, it's difficult with our yeast just because of the phenols and um, we're still using a Belgian strain but it's just a little bit smoother and fruitier and it, it seems to work better with the dark malt. So yeah. it's nice to have that freedom and capability to actually do that now. You mentioned the Game of Thrones uh, beers. How many Game of Thrones beers have, have been put out at this point? As many as the there are. One seasons? that I'm developing is number ten, I believe. Okay. So, yeah. and we brought a couple back, you know, and like right now, I think we have that gift pack, so you get like Fire and Blood or yeah, and uh, <laughs> Bend the Knee. Uh, uh, so, what are what are your innovations? Or I mean, what are, what's your inspiration for uh, for? For these beers, do uh, does HBO say they want a particular style, or do they? I mean, or is that sometimes? A lot of times, yeah. I mean, HBO definitely has input. Yeah. Um, it's always been in a 750 mil bottle, so you kind of you don't expect like a three or four percent beer. You kind of usually looking for something bigger. Yeah. So maybe higher alcohols. Uh, something worthy of a king or queen to be on the throne. I yeah. <laughs> I still want to do something wine related. I mean, that just seems what the show is about. So. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, typically they're big beers, and once you get up to 10, you know, how many more ideas do you have? I don't know. I'm trying to break the mold every time. Sure. Uh, I think we put out some good stuff. Like, Ben the Knee is great. Like, just as a, you know, Duval-esque yeah. Yeah, yeah. strong ale. I, I really enjoy that one. So. And I'm excited for the next one, which is a, a double, double white uh, with some salt and pepper in it. So it's. With salt and pepper. In yeah, so 
It's based off the, the White Walker stuff. So okay. It's, yeah, salt and white pepper. Um, but the pepper is great, man. You like, you don't notice it up front, but you swallow it, and then all of a sudden, like maybe that next breath out, you get that peppery note. It's, wow, yeah. it's cool, man. It's, that was a fun one. So I got to think of one more. How long does it take for you to get it from uh, the lab or anything into, into larger production? It's usually months. I mean, everything is planned out so well here in terms of the labels and art, um, and I got to be ahead of that. Yeah, because that might, you know, steer where the art is going and that kind of stuff. So if I de develop something, it might still be six or eight months before anybody else can actually drink it. You have a really impressive lab that we're sitting right next to. So it, it's always been clear that quality control has been a big uh, focus and, and not concerned because there haven't been issues because of preventative measures like this. Uh, and I just wanted to put that out there to say I appreciate that. Uh, oh, no, I, I mean, what, 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 are your, what, are your, what happens in there <laughs> to this yeah, regard, man, just, the quality Like assurance. you said, it's just like total quality control. Um, also testing uh, for bacteria or wild yeast and all that kind of stuff, and we've had great luck with that. We haven't had any of that. Um, it's important, man. I think every brewery at least needs a microscope, you know, needs yeah. to count cells. And the more lab work you can actually do, I mean, it's not it's not cheap stuff. That's the, that's the problem. But the more you can do, I, I, it's it's an important aspect of the whole brewing business. Absolutely. You know? Uh, before we started, so we're listening to the the uh, that background noise is Moonboot Lover, who's playing a small little uh, little shindig right next door to us as part of this greater greater thing. Justin was just saying how he forgot how crazy this this party can actually get. Yeah. <laughs> so you've been here six years and have seen uh, at least five five BCTCs. What have you seen over? What, what do you like about BCTCs? This is the sixth one. Uh, this is great, man. Everybody's uh, very friendly. Everybody has a great time. Everybody's just here to have fun. Um, there's a ton of great beers. I'm super excited about some of the beers this year. I, I gotta walk around and, and yeah. sample some stuff. Um, a lot of, I, I'm just, I've been super impressed with beers out of like the Hudson Valley area yeah. lately that are great. Um, I've been hearing a lot about Buffalo. I don't get a lot of their beers out here, but I guess there's some good stuff up there too. And they, you know, they they come hard as a unit too because the Buffalo guys they always camp together and even with the Buffalo homebrewers up there, uh, and they have like this crazy jockey box setup. You can walk around the campsites and find them, and they you just get all Buffalo beers, like something like twelve to twenty draft lines depending, just at the campsite. Yeah. And they roll hard on Friday. That part's fun. I said I did. Always, you know, I seek them out. Yeah. No, also just, I mean, getting to see a lot of old friends. I mean, brewers that used to brew here that work other places, like Ethan, who works at uh, Harpoon now. I mean, he's always great to see. Yeah. Uh, Veltman's around. Yeah. A lot, of, yeah. a lot of fun people, man. It's definitely a, there are, there are diehard followers of this fest, both in and out of the industry. And so every time, it's feeling more and more like a reunion. I mean, it's always a yeah. reunion, but, but now it's getting, the, that reunion is getting deep. It's, I agree it's, with and, that. And it's beautiful. It's great. And yeah, uh, you guys as hosts have been incredible, and you create a, you create a really wonderful, welcoming environment. Uh, I can't thank the, the establishment for, for that. That's, um, um, that's great to hear, man. I mean, our whole event team works like super hard. I mean, this is the biggest weekend of the year for them. So yeah. they put on all the concerts during the summer, which are always great too. But like, this is the the big one. So. Yeah. Uh, Mary and I are being asked to go out to the National Honey Beer Summit soon, uh, and I understand that you went there last year. Yeah, man, it was cool. Uh, 
I'm allergic to bees, so that Are part. You really? Yeah, dude. Last time I got stung, I swelled up. It wasn't good. Did you get stung on the trip? Because they're part no. of this is uh, they put right. us in like bee suits. Okay. We went to like a what do they call it? It's Colony, colony. And then we, uh, I mean, it's cool. Like when they pull out the um, like the honeycomb sheets. sheets, that goes into basically like a manual centrifuge, and that's how they get right. all the honey out of there. It was cool to see and like. Uh, DuPont made like the beer de meal that was like probably one of the best honey beers. Jester King was there. They had a really good honey beer. Anything I tried from them was really good. Um, so I was impressed. Uh, there's a guy. I can't remember. It's a, it's, he's from a meadery, but it was cool to hear his take on things and how they work everything out. Just because it's something I'm not used to doing. Right. Um, it's fun, man. You'll have fun. I'm excited about it. We're, we're really, really <laughs> excited. Cool. About Everybody's it. super nice. Uh, we did it at Urban Chestnut, which is also a great brewery, which we did a collaboration with because Phil uh, is friends with the head brewer. They used okay. to work together. Um, but that brewery is great too, man. You get to drink some good German beers, you know. We're excited about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Justin, thank you so much for, for giving us some words and our. Yeah, do you have anything to say to uh, to uh, the world? We have ten thousand listeners, man. Isn't that crazy from around the world? That, that's awesome, man. Um, it's just some forever know. stuff, so don't mess it up. I'm done. So mad about it. Just enjoy your life. <laughs> enjoy your life. Sure. Drink some mad beer. Cheers. Thank you very much for listening to Fomad About It on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. This has been a really great season. we got one more for you. Please don't forget to donate. Go to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Click the beating heart or go to the slash donate jammerang thing uh, and become a member today. And no donation is too small or too large. Everything is appreciated, seriously. Absolutely. Fomad About It. Fomad About It. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.